All right, welcome to the uh, Crazy Sports Fanatic podcast. My name is Joel. And I am Justin. And we're here today to um, talk some sports. Um, it's been a rough week in sports for us as Laker fans. That is um, the truth. So let me just start by asking you the nitty-gritty, the dirty question, the negatives, the positives, Le- the LeBron James effect. What has it been like so far? LeBron James effect... Uh has been definitely an experiment, to say the least. Uh, you know, coming into the season, when you get LeBron James, you expect results right away. And uh, especially given his age, you know, he is 34 years old. Obviously, he's on the wrong side of 30. And, you know, an injury throughout the season, you know, missing 18 games is something that is a cause for concern. So uh, just looking at it, you know, through the whole picture, um, right now it's, it's not good. You know, we're two games under five, or three games under 500 now. Uh, I think we're five games back in the loss column, or four games back. I'm not too sure exactly, um, but it's it's not it's not good. Um, he's definitely um, it, the last few games you've seen moments where he's just not even engaged, and that that's a concern. You know. Um, so do you think he's not engaged because he's not used to having these kind of struggles? No, because he's had these struggles before. I mean, of recent times, though, his teams have been on the top of the East for the most part. Yeah. Comfortably never fighting for a playoff spot. I mean, yeah. Especially this deep into the season. Yeah, that that is definitely the East effect. I think the East maybe was kind of like a fairy tale for LeBron. Like, it was perfect, nice sledding because it was the East. But the East, you look at it now, I would say the four or five teams there would, you know, dominate the Lakers any time. And yeah, they have yeah. shown that. So even uh, the Lakers would be like a seven seed in the East. Exactly. I, like, I don't think we'd be even above. We'd be like at Brooklyn Nets level. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> this team, it's 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 like I said, this whole effect, the LeBron effect, it's it's concerning. You know, we got four years of this, and I'm at the point where I'm wondering what this roster is going to look like next year. Is it going to even, you know, are we going to get that superstar that we save all this cap space for? I mean, who wants to come play with what's being shown right now? And do you think the product we're putting on the court, because we were looking so far towards the future, we were not willing to sign players to long-term long-term deals this um, offseason? It was all short contracts, one or two seasons, yes. something that's going to come off the book. All those free agents, are, like you said, they might all be gone. Yeah, we, have that, to, we have the option to resign them or not. We didn't put out contracts that were longer than those, and so we got a return that was negative bench players. Exactly, and I think that's something that you need to look at the front office and say that maybe the, this roster just isn't good enough. Maybe they didn't construct it well enough. You know, If we're going to give these one-year deals, maybe this you know, goon squad that we did with Stevenson, McGee, you know, all these guys who you know have different... Rondo. Rondo, yeah. like They all have their own, not egos, but they all have their own thing that comes with them like that baggage and maybe this team just wasn't constructed for that and you look at it most of the times when you look at the box scores after these games of late you know against these lesser quality teams that we expect them to beat outside of you know LeBron Ingram and Kuzma what do you have you just look at that box score and it's kind of empty and I I kind of feel bad for Luke you know having this whole thing around but you know you got to start looking at those heads like you know the Luke Walton's, the Palinkas, the Magics, and, you know, start questioning them, maybe. So that actually brings me to my next question. Like, what would you say, if you had to put who's who's responsible for where we're at this point of the season, do you put Luke 
or the roster he, Luke was given, what percentage would you blame on Ru- I, Luke? It, I, I looked, I honestly, as a Laker fan, you know, this is the cool thing about this podcast is we get to look at it as fans sometimes. And, you know, Lakers obviously are bread and butter here. But as a fan, I look straight at Magic and Palinka. You know, I, so I want the roster then. It, it, it's on the roster, yeah. See, I look at those two because I just don't know if they know what they're doing. Let's be real about it. Um, what have they done that has been positive? I mean, another thing I, I look at too, I mean, they didn't, you know, construct the complete roster that they inherited, you know, the past couple seasons, but you look at all these players that left the Lakers and they've blossomed. D'Angelo Russell's an all star. Julius Randle just dropped 35 on us the other night and he looks like somebody who could be an all star at one point. In his career, like these guys, they leave and they do well. You know, so Brooke Lopez is another one too. You know, they, they let these players go that you know want to be here and have shown that, and then they turn into better players. You know, you got to look they at do. the thing well, as a whole. I think it, it's like a double-edged sword because like the pressure in Los Angeles is way different than the pressure pressure a lot of other places. Yes. D'Angelo Russell said getting traded out of LA was one of the best things that ever happened. And to I him. agree with that. And so, and because he changed. And yes. so if he was still in L.A., who's to know if the results would be the same? No, definitely. So, I don't think you have him next to LeBron. He'd be the same type of player just because he wouldn't have been able to free up the things and like And that he's goes doing. back to my initial question, yes. like the LeBron James effect. The pressure you put the pressure you put on the other players on the court with you, some of them just can't step up to that. I, I agree with that. The one thing that I have to say there is the young guys are. You look at Kuzma and Ingram, they are. The other talent around, the veterans that you expect to – to show up every day and play consistently, you know, Stevenson, Rondo, McGee, Beasley when he was here, they're not. These young guys yeah. are balling out. They're yeah. not. Yeah. There's literally three guys on this team right now that are doing things. Everyone else is I just really looks have lost. been impressed with what Ingram has become. Like the level of basketball he's taken his game to recently. Well, is... him, him and Kuzma are the two that keep me going back to watch the games now. Those, <laughs> those two are just starting to turn turn a corner and I think you're really hitting home with it you know Ingram is definitely he's turning a corner his last six games have all had I think his lowest point total and that was 23 but he reached up to like 37 he's, points there he's been he's, he's playing been real basketball he's doing some things that we need him to do if he's going to actually be on this team in the future yes. not just this season he is he is having that like he's showing us moment yes he's showing he's us ready. that he could be that number two option maybe behind LeBron going into next season and it's sad to say that we're talking about next and season. that's just such a poor reflection on the supporting cast exactly. that we have. The fact exactly. that like you know Ingram and LeBron, it's making Ingram look like a, num- a number two when you know I think maybe number three. I mean, there's some yeah yeah. You really need to be a deep team in the NBA to to win the finals. Like look at those four stars the Warriors have. Look at even like you know the teams across the conference on the other side, the right. Bucks playing team ball. They don't really have the All Stars. I don't think that's gonna be our approach no definitely not <laughs> um it, again i i think this all comes down to the roster that's been constructed that it's it's not something that is going to compete especially in a seven game series against these teams in the ah, west and so you know you look at those other teams just like forget you know golden state and houston you look at those middle tier teams in the west um that are still in the playoffs those teams have a cast that have been together for a few years mm-hmm. the lakers the last few seasons have been picking up player for one year, two year deals like you had mentioned, and it's just not gonna, you know, sustain. You can't do that with interchanging parts. You yeah. those guys on other teams, they know their spot. They know what they're supposed to be doing. Here, you know, you have KCP playing for seventeen straight minutes two nights ago when he was in the negative and his plus minus and Reggie Bullock was in his positive. he was uh, plus twenty two at that point in that game. And yep. he played for seventeen straight minutes. It's just like they don't know what they're doing. They don't have roles. 
And uh, again, so that it's it then that almost leans towards Luke though. Like yes. when you say they don't know none of our players have a defined role, well maybe it's both a problem. Maybe the roster and the coach. Yeah, I maybe agree. a new coach comes in and sets everything up and all of a sudden we start winning some games and it's going to be really easy to point the finger at Luke. Right. You... And I think the front office is going to have to make a call soon. Otherwise it's going to be on them like you're saying. Exactly. You so... look at a team like the Bucks. Last year they had Jason Kidd and they were a team that was I think a bottom seed, you know, in the East and then they make a change at coach they get, I think, Mike Budenholzer is their coach there now, and they just they changed their whole approach. And they're the top seed in the East now, and they're going to be a problem. And they're a team that I think could go and give you know the Warriors maybe a, a run. Let's for hope. It. Let's hope. You know, you know, hopefully the Lakers could do that, make that change at coach, and uh, you know get, get going. That would be amazing. I really think at this point there's really only so many more games Luke can lose before he loses his job. Exactly. There's, he's at the end of his rope. I think. I thought it I, should have been about a week ago. <laughs> and it's crazy how much it changes because, like, just at the All Star break, we're like, okay, maybe we can get on a run. Maybe this team is the team. Maybe. And, and I'm tired of the excuses. We need to stop thinking that. Maybe we just need to start pointing fingers because uh, obviously that's what the team's doing out there. They're pointing fingers. They they don't know. A couple weeks ago it was oh LeBron's hurt. That's why we're doing bad. Exactly. LeBron comes back and not much has changed in the win loss column. Exactly. Um, the, the, it's just when you see him out there and you see other guys just look defeated, you don't see that continuity with the team. They just, they don't look like a team. You look at these other teams, like Phoenix last night, they we're more talented than them, I believe. Oh, yes. And yes. they just look like a team. They have run plays, they run sets, they, they pick up their man, you know, they, they cut when they need to. We don't do that. Yeah. We have guys just standing around, you know, letting balls just go by. Maybe Michael Beasley wasn't wrong when he called out Luke. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's we all know why he got traded. Yeah. It was pretty well publicized that yeah. how he attacked Luke in the locker room. Yeah, exactly. And went after him and, you Maybe know, he was justified. Had to go. Maybe there was something to that. Maybe we picked the wrong side of that argument to be on as a franchise. Uh, but, you know, time is telling, and now it's kind of revealing itself. And it's gotten to the point where I think something really does need to happen. And I I don't see us going much longer with, with Luke Walton as our coach unless we're just going to say we don't care about this season, it's and, over, we'll worry about next year, and just ride out Luke to the end. But I really don't think that's the Laker way. This is definitely not the stuff we thought we would be talking about, you know, four or five months ago. No. You know, we thought we would be a playoff team, and we showed that, you know, the beginning of the season. The, we were up to the four seed, and, you know, it's it's just it's disappointing that it, it happened this way. It is, it is. You know, but we, like, there is silver lining. You know, the stuff we were saying about Ingram, that's yes. really positive. I love the, what I've been seeing Kuzma, from Kuzma. Kuzma's looking yeah, positive. Yeah, Kuzma's looking really good. So if, um, we can, if we can retool, like we tried this yeah. past offseason, retool again, and hopefully it goes better. What players on this roster right now do you think you see on that roster going into next season, or do you want to see going into next season? At this point? Yes. <laughs> at this I mean, point, other, like, other barely, other even, Josh <laughs> like barely, barely even Josh Hart. Barely even Josh Hart at yeah, this I point. Yeah, I mean, out of LeBron, that. outside of LeBron, Ingram, and Kuzma, I mean, yes, I'm including Josh Hart. Considering maybe Rondo, um, Reggie Bullock, I would love to see back. Ball. But other than that, Lonzo. But other than that, you know, you got six spots to fill, and we got cap space. And again, I wonder if we're gonna get a top tier free agent. And it's it's, it's something it has to happen. It it, it has to, but will it? <laughs> we, yeah. we can't just maybe speak it We've into existence. We've been trying to will like our way. Like you're the Levar Ballix or you know way and uh, speak it into existence. Oh well, yeah, that's true. Levar, it worked for Levar. Yeah. Oh man. 
Yeah, man, it's it's gonna be a rough ride, and it's not what we expected. We know we wanted the easy way out. We wanted LeBron just carrying us and yeah. doing what the he does. The dagger could be coming from our our you know our staple center partners with the Clippers on Monday. You know if they they beat us. Yeah, that'll be it for Luke. That's that's it. No, well, I think that's it for the season. But yeah, it should be the nail in the coffin for Luke. But it, it, it's gonna. We need to win that game. Speaking obviously. of our LA neighbors, um, let's transition into some MLS soccer. Let's do that. Right I mean, across pumped. the street. You're wearing your LAFC gear yeah, already. Right. You're ready to go. You know, I feel like we got a little bit too doom and gloom with the Lakers, but it's been rough. So, yeah. Rightfully so. But let's transition out of yeah, that into sun, LAFC. Sunshine. Some LA sunshine. The too. rain the has finally stopped here today. Up. It is the season opener. Um, LAFC will be playing Sporting Kansas City. There you go. Um, I am a season ticket holder, yes, so you this are. will be my uh, second home opener. Just trying to get me to go to a game, but I still have never been. But it, that that section was it the three what what's the thirty two fifty two thirty two fifty two that yes. looks insane. And uh, uh, I promise you, this season I will go to one. I, and I'll be a part of that. I promise yeah. you. That's it's my incredible. Promise. They got some really good fans. Yeah. Um, I was telling you earlier about the documentary series on ESPN. Yes, which I'm going to start watching. We are LAFC. It's really cool behind-the-scenes stuff um, as to what happened last year, getting me even more hyped for this season. Um, but we got a really good core, some up-and-coming players. Um, we play a very attacking style of football. Bob Bradley is trying to go down the throat mm -hmm. of the other teams. Um, That's centered around Mr. Carlos Vela, I oh, presume. So, that uh, guy is He's fantastic. either playing the ball through or making the run. Um, him and Diego Rossi have a really good partnership. Very excited to see what they can do this year. Um, Vela himself said his target is to win MVP. There I like go. that. I like Take that some balls too. to come out and say, my goal like this year attitude. is to be MVP. And win the championship. Yeah, said, that, of course. That, that's but, uh, definitely a lofty goal, but I think that's something yeah. he showed last season he could definitely uh, do. Yeah, he's, he's a really, talent. really he, talented player. I look forward to seeing him score a hat trick today. I'm just going to call it right now. Oh, dang. Coming out, coming out of the gate. Season Joel. opener. Why not? Yeah. Why not, Vela? And by hat trick, I mean, like, you know, maybe a yellow card, and assist, and a goal. You know, the old school hat <laughs> trick. Things. You know, like, he'll get on the score sheet three times. So there you go. <laughs> that's what we're really. I'll take a real hat trick, though. That'd be go. incredible. But speaking of other LA neighbors, too, in soccer, the soccer world, LA Galaxy won their home opener. They did. Um, Zlatan, 80th minute header goal, 2-1 um, win over the Chicago Fire. That. Some, some other greats out there, Bastion Schweinsteiger out there for Chicago Fire. Oh, you got didn't some, know that. Nice. got some legends out here in the MLS. Um Living up to the Definitely retirement league. Yeah, the retirement <laughs> league, the, the trend of these uh, European stars coming over and just uh, trying to take over the MLS, which they do. This is the Zlatan effect. So that, the guy who started it all actually got a statue out in front of um, the home StubHub Center, as it is now, where the Galaxy play. He's yeah. got a statue out there now. Nice. Yep, put it out there. He's like taking a free kick, classic Beckham stance. That's awesome. Um that's actually one of the things that excites me about LAFC is that they didn't go that route. Yes. Vela was 29 when they signed him, or 28. Right. Which is, like, fairly young. He also plays like... in the Mexican national team, people that don't know. Yes, yes, yes. And so he's local. Not local, but, you know, in Los Angeles we have a lot of um, Latin Americans. So yes. it's definitely a cultural signing. They actually talk about that in the documentary series. Again, something I haven't seen, but I'm going to be it's, watching. It's legit. It's legit. It's got some good behind-the-scene pointers. Nice. Um, but, yeah, it was really fun. And um, I'm really excited for this season. I think LAFC can do well. I really think we can make a, a decent push. I'm definitely a playoff team, hoping for a first-round bye, of course, in the playoffs. That, so that's always huge in any that happen. sport. And then speaking or sticking with soccer, how about uh, Liverpool today? Oh, man. So we played Everton today. It was a derby weekend, um, a lot of other derbies. But Liverpool just didn't have the final touch today. We just weren't quite clicking up top. Mo Salah just had a couple good opportunities, but... 
when you're just not on it, you don't you're finish. Like zero zeros it was an exciting zero zero game, as in there were shots, but nothing was finished, and it just didn't have that final touch or that moment of class, essentially. As a and soccer player, former soccer player, that's the most frustrating type of game, right there. Is when you have those opportunities, you just you just nothing is going in. You know, nothing you have opportunities, shots, hitting crossbars, things like that. It, it's always tough. Yeah, it was rough. It was rough. But uh, other derbies this week: Tottenham played Arsenal. Um, really good Premier League soccer. Um, One-one draw. Tottenham's first tie of the season. I watched the highlights of that game. I would never watch that whole game because those teams are <laughs> not up to the par of Liverpool. Um, but uh, I watched the highlights, and VAR is becoming like a common topic because EPL is like the last league that hasn't started using it yet. Right. So there was like a controversial offsides goal. There was like a weak PK. Mm-hmm. A lot of talking points after this game. And so next season they'll be having VAR, um, which I think is awesome. Catching up right. to you know, all the other leagues, but it definitely is still playing a role. It's definitely a talking point, and um, people are now making alternate standings as if VAR had happened. Of course, Tottenham made it to the top of that alternate <laughs> table somehow. Right. Every alternate table that makes it to the internet somehow sees Tottenham in first. Um, but, you know, the, so VAR is going to be very interesting. It played a huge role, or didn't play a role, but would have played a role in that game. So, Right. Pretty exciting. Speaking um, of VAR, didn't the NFL come out saying something that they're considering doing some extended VAR type thing? You're adding I, an official to to the league. They're really trying to find ways to make up for that Saints call. Uh, yeah, it so. seems like there's just always a big play, and then all of a sudden there's more of this going to happen, more of that going to happen, and you know that's something that I mean it, it's getting to the point where it's kind of getting ridiculous. It is a re- reactionary league, for right? Sure. Exactly. Like, and uh, I, another thing I noticed is uh, the MLB, they're considering doing, like, robots, uh, umpires. No, so they would never that. do that. No, they actually are testing they're that. They're testing they're it? They're testing it, I believe, in the minor leagues. What? Yeah. So That's it, crazy. They're getting to the point where, you know, there's just everything's on film. going to call know, balls and strikes? Yeah, exactly. What? Yeah, so, uh, well, that'll to, speed up the game. Yeah, we'll, then, we'll get some more information on that next week on the next episode. But, yeah, yeah I, I saw, I saw a little that. thing on that. It's crazy. Um so other NFL-related news with someone who chose football over baseball, yeah. actually, Kyler Murray. Oh, Kyler Murray. All five. Not Kyler Murphy. Not Kyler Murphy. Not <laughs> okay. Papa Murphy. Not Tom Papa no, Murphy. No. Kyler, Kyler Murray. Murray. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mister Five Ten and a Half. You know, Mister. One eighth. One eighth. Get it. One eighth. He's, okay. he's getting okay. there. Don't give him too much credit. Come Don't give him too much on. credit. Russell Wilson had that three quarters. You know, yeah, it's, there you go. it matters. It matters yeah, it to these does. People. But yeah, that, that kid, um, you know, he, it's he, he's an athlete. That's one thing we got to remember. And I, I, I look at someone like Russell Wilson. I'm going to use that comparison until I see him on the NFL field, until he becomes Kyler Murray, or he becomes Kyler Murray, you know, that we're not comparing <laughs> him to somebody else. Yeah, but yeah. I'm going to just keep uh, referring to Russell Wilson, and he's got the tools, man. He, he's, he looks just like him out there in college. So, I mean, it's something that, you know, if he puts his mind to it, I mean, I don't see why he can't be successful. Yeah, I'm excited to see where he ends up. I think he definitely could. I hope he's going to be a successful NFL right. quarterback. Like, I want to root for him. Um, I, I like what he did at Oklahoma. They played some right. really good football there. He can right. sling that ball around the field. So, where do you see him ending up? I mean, there's reports of the Cardinals taking number one. What are you buying into that? That would be crazy to me because they just, like, traded up to get Rosen. Yeah. So now they're going to draft a QB the very next year. Maybe they just saw enough of Josh, Josh Rosen where they're like over that. But right. I, I don't see that happening. I think they're really trying to drive up the value of their pick. So it's just exactly. like a conversation point. That's one thing I think point. they're trying to do is just really um, drive up that value. Yeah. So I, I don't see them transitioning. Um, but I do think he will go probably in the top 10, top 15. 
Right. Um, potentially the first quarterback off the board since it's not a deep QB class. Right. Dwayne Haskins. Why not take a chance maybe on somebody like Kyler Murray who could be an explosive guy like Russell Wilson? Exactly. Exactly. That. So, so um, maybe the Giants are somebody to consider because there's talks about Haskins going there. So there you go. Maybe they could take a chance on somebody like Kyler Murray. I, I could see that working. Um, I, I definitely think he goes out in the top 15. I don't think you want him to be a starting quarterback next year, so I do think the Giants yes, make sense. Um, you, I don't think... His skill set's going to translate immediately to the NFL. He's going to have to adjust. And I guess you could just throw him in the fire um, if you're like a good team where he's surrounded by right. a talented roster. Yeah, um, you could throw him out there. But if you're still a rebuilding franchise, I don't think you need to throw him out there just to suffer. Right. So maybe, <laughs> actually, you know, talking like that, maybe the Giants are a team. They've, got, they've got the point. It's a, it's a good fit. Yeah, you know, that, good, that, that's a got the, good point. They got the quarterback to hold it over. So. Right. Speaking um, of other quarterbacks, how about uh, Adam Schefter coming out today saying that Nick Foles is more than likely going to be going to Jacksonville? What are your thoughts on that? So we touched on that last week. I said Jacksonville was a bad landing spot, and mm-hmm. now it looks like it is going to be Jacksonville. So uh, I think it's really good for Jacksonville. Right. I think it's bad for his stats. Uh, yeah, bad for Nick Foles, good for Jacksonville. Yes. If that can make any sense. Or, yeah, it doesn't it's make just sense. A fantasy, it's a fantasy spin on the Foles. Yeah. I think as a, overall, for, from a football standpoint, it's going to be good. Yeah. He's going to help them. He's got a winning mentality. They have some good players. Hopefully, Jacksonville can get him a few more people to throw the ball to. Portals, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. And um, hopefully, but Fournette can stay healthy. That would be huge for them. You know, if he can have Fournette and somebody could carry the ball, you know, 20, 25 times a game, and you know, establish a run game, that's going to help him with maybe some receivers who aren't as good yep. as the other players he's had around him. Um, he needs. A, they need to get a receiver for him. Yes, I agree. They Someone do need to go get a bona fide number one. Yeah. A.B., go join Foles in Jacksonville. Live my fantasy dreams. I want Nick Foles to carry me to a fantasy championship (laughs) next year. The expectations are high because I also have Dak Prescott, and he's iffy in fantasy. Right. But he is about to get paid in Dallas. Yeah, there's some reports of that, and that is your team. That is your boy. You ready to commit to somebody like that? So, I mean, it's either we sign him now, we extend him now, get him on – a long-term five-year deal, basically paying him like 27, 28 million a season, mm-hmm. um, is what we're going to be hoping for. Right. Um, if we franchise tagged him, we'd be paying him 64 million over the next two years, anyways. Right. So it's like you might as well just pay him now, get that money out there, and hold on to him and ride the DAC train. Right. Um, it sounds like the front office is sold on that plan. Jerry Jones has already made a point. I do think Dak Prescott is. Just barely good enough to get that. <laughs> I, I think he, you know what he brings is some leadership qualities. That's something that he showed. He just looks he, like a leader. He does. He doesn't do it the prettiest ways. His scrambles may not look the prettiest, but he just gets it done. And he he commands the huddle. And he just looks like somebody who Jerry Jones just believes is a leader. And you know he he's a slightly less fun to watch Cam Newton. He can run the ball. He yeah. can barely throw the ball. I like that kind of like he, he he gets it done. Right. And he can lead a football team. And he proved last year that he can lead them on a. We had a good way. We finished the season seven and one. So right. Like, that, that is obviously you something can't to build be off too to go in. Upset. And yeah, um, the Amari Cooper effect maybe helped there. It does. It does. It definitely does. Established number one. And, and it's then, like, look at the other options. What are we gonna do? Trade for Joe Flacco? Like, what no, are what no, are you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't like I don't like that Denver did that. <laughs> I don't like that one. <laughs> I would rather be in the position we're in than yes. trading for Joe Flacco. And like finding a starting quarterback in the NFL, it's not easy. No. And we have one with three years starting experience game tape, who's a proven winner in situations, right. not in the playoffs. Um, 
But, you know, he's only three years into the NFL, so exactly. let's see what he's got. Let's yeah, and, sign and him for four your, more years. And maybe he's getting some help, too, with uh, your boy Jason Witten announcing um, yes. He's got he his safety back. blanket his back. His safety blanket is coming One back. One of the greatest tight ends in the history of the NFL, the GOAT, Jason Witten, the good blocker, good route runner. Third and six, you better double team him because he's going to get open. He was my fantasy tight end in Dynasty for the last five, six years. It's consistently five, six points guaranteed from him. It's just somebody you can rely on. Oh, yeah. And again, Seth, that's a safety blanket for Dak and somebody who just – he's going to do the things that he knows that needs to be done. He knows yeah. what to do. He's going to be in the right spot. He's always going to be doing the right things for the Cowboys. Yeah, I agree. So somebody that's really going to help you guys coming back out of retirement. And we have a very young team. So, like, bringing that kind of leader into the locker room adds, like, a lot. You know that – Veterans, that veteran presence is a real thing. It's huge. That like, definitely could have helped last year in the playoffs, you know, that presence on that field. A hundred percent. Or in the locker room or in the huddle. We had Sean Lee last year as, like, the vet, and uh, he wants to come back this year, and I think we're going to have to let him go because I don't think we can afford to pay him um, with who we want to extend. And now that we have Jalen Smith and uh, Van Der Esch, it just doesn't make sense to keep a 33-year-old often injured linebacker right. for $7 million. It just doesn't work. So he's a very cuttable person. So it's like you replace one old guy and then bring in another one. Right. And uh, this one's on the offensive side of the ball, so that sh- that should help. I I like where I like where we're headed. Nice. And I do want to touch a little bit on the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, they did pick up uh, Mike Zimmer's option for 2020, so he will be with the Vikings two more years for two more years, which is something that. Uh, I think all Vikings fans are happy about. Um, what is your guys's? I'm sure you're stoked on that, as you should be. Yes, he's absolutely. a good coach as long as he can see. Yes, um, he, he can see. His vision is good. Yes, so he's good there. So as as well as picking up his contract, what about Anthony Barr? I know it's like a big. Yeah, Anthony Barr point. is still a talking point there. You know, he is somebody that I, I think we are going to end up paying and bringing back. I think there's a couple other guys that they're looking at. Everson Griffin is somebody who is, I think, very much on the radar of being cut. Um, he does have a I lot of money. I read something this week that they were supposedly going to keep him, but they, I've also heard reached, both the sides. The money, the money, it makes sense. We are, I think, we have like seven or eight million in cap space right now. We need to cut that number definitely, but his name has been there. Kyle Rudolph's name has been there, which really scares me because I think Kyle Rudolph is huge for the team, um, but there's definitely going to be some veterans that are going to be cut from the Vikings, and they're going to be restructuring some contracts. Hopefully those guys are people they could restructure. But So is that like really looking at that Kirk Cousins contract as too big no, of a chunk of change? No, no, I don't think so because you, you mentioned earlier, you know, it's hard to find a quarterback in this league, and we have been through some of the worst, you know, over the last five, ten years. There's yeah. other free agents that have gotten cheap, cheaper they contracts. Are, they are. Most and of like, them are young that come out of the draft. That and those money guys you guys there. paid Cousins is high. We're going to get is. Dak for cheaper than that. It is, but the Vikings are a team that are kind of in win-now mode. They have the talent at almost every single position except the offensive line. So if they could focus on, I mean, getting that offensive line situated, you give Cousins the protection he needs. He's a pocket passer. And you've got. I guess if he dips the O line this year, then you can really exactly, judge him. exactly. Last year, he again he put up the stats. He was one of the most efficient quarterbacks last year. He 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 does it when he has the time. He he drops dimes. He is very good. I'm I'm looking forward to it, man. Yes, I'm, I'm hoping so. Uh, yeah, he's got some big money. You know who else got some big money this week? Yes, uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Bryce Harper. Mr. Bryce Harper, ten years, or, or no, thirteen years for three hundred and. There are lots of threes in there. $330 million. That's some big money. All guaranteed. Can't be traded. Can't be touched. Golden rule. He's safe. Like, he's going to be in Philly. 
he's already got the mansion that Will Smith lived in um, during Fresh Prince of Bel Air. He brought that he really? from Bel Air out to Philly. Oh my gosh! He brought the whole mansion. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's crazy. But <laughs> um, yeah, Bryce Harper making three hundred thirty million, the highest paid player ever in American contract. Insane. It's Insane. Just, uh, it's getting crazier and crazier. Each week, there's just a star in MLB just Look becoming them. that person. It's a, you know, a one week of fame of having that, that, that record. That's and true. hopefully, you know, that transitions into Mike Trout becoming the Let's highest the played man. player. And, you know, being Angel fans here, we want to see Trout on the Angels for life. 350 um, million I understand Angel fans would be scared with contracts like that because of the Albert Pujols thing, but it is something that needs to be done. I hope Artie could do that because the Angels have been in some weird talks lately. I mean, they're talking about moving them to Long Beach possibly too. I heard that. Um, it's just, you know, it's kind of uh, an influx in limbo type situation for the Angels right now. And locking up Trout would, you know, really make Angel fans, you know, happy and, you know, at ease and knowing that, you know that they can invest in this team, and uh, and they, they got the they got the chance. You know they he's right there for the taking. Offer him that money. I hope he decides to stay. I could see why he'd want to go back to Philadelphia, being from New Jersey. Yes. Um, you know, nearby to home. Yeah. Um, or the Yankees. Like, I mean, I would Harper's already like recruiting him. But <laughs> you know, it, we did draft him. You know, we have. Didn't we draft him? Yeah, we drafted. Yeah, him. Yeah, we, we come did. up with us. So like, you know, maybe he's gonna. Stick Give with us, us for that reason. Or that, that. If we get them signed soon enough. Yes, hopefully. So that the Angels supposedly moving to Long Beach conversation, that would be pretty crazy if they moved yeah, out. Yeah, they Anaheim. were talking about Waterfront Stadium, kind of near where the convention center is. We know that area. We live near in that area. And it would be really nice. But to Angel fans, I mean, that would be terrible. Well, it, it, that Anaheim fan base is something that it, it would just really, you know, kind of – that would be devastating. Right? Yeah, they, know, so where from there. what is another option? Because that stadium's got to be, you know, you know? Pay, pay the money, pay winning, <laughs> winning and paying that man the money would be so the option. Rebuild the stadium though, like yeah, renovate it, renovate that, renovate it. I mean, it's not yeah. that old of a stadium if you think about it. I mean, the, uh, it yeah, was we'll see. Yeah, it's from the '60s. Yeah, that's old. Well, they renovated it a few years ago. It's as old as yeah, like older than my parents. Yeah, it's old. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> renovations need to stop. Just give them a new one. But yeah, I mean that's what they're asking for, and that's what Long Beach is offering. So we'll see what yeah. happens. We'll see. Why not like Laguna Beach or Newport Beach? Ooh, <laughs> that would be nice. But yeah, good luck getting real estate there. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, you're right. You're like, right there. The Rams have plenty of money. They still have to build all the way out in Inglewood. That's, that's like, true. By the airport. That is true. <laughs> that is very true. Right next to. The casino and everything yeah, warm. Exactly. Yeah. So one one topic I wanted to touch on was Zion. Should he come back and play? Should he not? Where are you at on that? What do you think is best for him or for like you know just in general? Obviously, um, Zion has every reason to question it. You know, obviously he could have ruined his career there. You know, with that freak shoe injury, or shoe blow up incident so i understand where you know anybody could be on one side of the situation here or the other side but me i'm on the side of yes i want to see him play he needs to be out there playing you know you make a commitment to a team and as an athlete you want to follow through with that commitment as the drive you want to follow through with that um he knows and we all know he's going to be the number one pick but um i i believe in fulfilling commitments and you committed to a team that's trying to win a national championship it's not fair to the other guys on your team to you know, give them that dream to just go away because they all know you're leaving. So I think you need to have that uh, Mamba mentality and go out there and try to win and be that that type of player. But it, it's all hearsay because we all know he's going number one. Well, but, I think 
you know, you know, we want him to be out there. I mean, of course, I think everyone should fulfill their commitments. Yes. Like, if you say you're going to do something, you should follow through with it. Right. However, in in the world of college sports, it's it's different because there's precedence, and the way it works is these athletes aren't getting paid and compensated. Right. For the for what they're they providing to this university, to, to, to these universities or in, organizations. In, if you look right. at college football, there's a lot of players that will get semi hurt and then stop playing. Nick right. Bosa, right? Christian McCaffrey sat out uh, the bull game for Stanford. Yes, well, that happens very often. It happens often, and at a certain point, you have to put yourself before the university. And I think Zion has already done more than enough to fulfill what he said he would fulfill. Right. I mean, of course, like, you would like him to bring them a national championship, but, like, other athletes are doing the same thing. Right. So I think the door has been opened, and I don't feel bad for the college universities. I really don't. I've, I side with the athlete on this, so I agree that he should fulfill his commitment, but also I feel like he's got the right not to. Yes, again, these players don't owe anything to the NCAA. They don't, any, they don't owe anything in the long term to the organization or the school they play for. They don't. They they need to worry about themselves. But I just feel like you're taking a lot away from players who are trying to win a national championship. And if you're healthy, you should be out there playing. I mean, that's where your best competition is, anyways. Right now is college, so you're working your game, working on your craft, figure it out. You know, out on the court, you know, yeah. playing in high pressure situations. And that's another thing too, is high pressure situations. I mean, if he's going to be somebody who wants to be a dominant player like a LeBron James or, you know, all the greats, you know, that people are comparing him to, you need to have that drive to win. But, like, at a certain point, hasn't he, like, proven that he can dominate this level of basketball? Like, he, like yeah. once you've, like, yes, competition pushes, but Chris, pushes you. Chris Webber also did, too, and he, he called timeout at an inopportune time. So, I mean, I'm just saying, yeah. there are pressures that get to people, and you got to be able to handle them all. You don't want that to be, you know, in the NBA in a big situation. You want that to be here as a test of running point. Do you think that could be at the back of his mind? He's like, what if I have my Chris Webber moment in <laughs> yeah, the uh, final hopefully, four? Hopefully the shoe moment is the Chris <laughs> Webber moment, and he just move on from that and just become an all-time great because he's shown it. That kid is amazing. He's oh, he, man. He's got all the tools. If, if Imagine that kid getting like a knockdown jumper. I mean, he, he's already just a freak. He just kind of goes to the basket and can get his shot pretty much whenever. But if he could just pull up and just start hitting knockdown jumpers, he'd be like one of the greatest ever. It's just the way he is. Tank for Zion. Tank for Zion. Is that what the Lakers should be doing, Joel? We, should we be tanking for Zion at this everyone point? Everyone down there is playing checkers. We're playing chess. We're out here tanking for Zion. See, as Lakers fans, I'm still holding on to the hope. Do we even that... have our draft pick? I think we do. Yeah, we have a first round pick this season. Do we? I, think, I, I feel like I thought we traded like the next twenty years when we had Kobe and Powell. <laughs> like, it, it felt like that. But, years but I think we're finally picks. at the point where it's finally just on this regime to make things happen. We don't have to worry about picks coming back and haunting us and all that. I think we're past all that. We're past getting you know lottery picks. Well, well actually, we, we don't know that. But um, yeah, it's uh, wow. some scary times as Laker fans. Wow, it really lottery is. pick. Lottery picks. We've been there. It, this is we could be looking at six years straight without the playoffs. Joel. Tank for Zion. Tank for Zion. Maybe is that we're behind that. I'm down. <laughs> Maybe I'm we really be down. behind that. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy, crazy. All right. Do we want to add anything else? Um. No. I think we're good. I think, I think we covered, covered everything we want. 
All right. Thank you guys for listening. Um, this was yeah. the Crazy Sports Fanatic podcast. Yeah, that was a fun one. Um, looking forward to doing this again. That was episode number two, man. Boop, boop. I, we've got to keep this going. Uh, hopefully, we Next get... conversation will be uh, post-Steve Molina wedding. We Steve have a Molina. friend's wedding oh, next yeah, weekend. Yeah, we got an awesome wedding. Are we going to record at the wedding? Uh, we could. Yeah, let's find some time to do that. Yeah, we, great. we're staying in an Airbnb we get, together. So we, we get some special guests on. Oh, okay. Oh, I did get multiple mics, so that is an option. Oh, there we go. Might have to branch out um but yeah so please subscribe follow us on itunes um we do have an instagram at crazy sports fanatic podcast and then we have crazy sports fanatic himself justin has his own instagram with some very interesting sports highlights on there from last viking (laughs) season yeah my girlfriend likes to just uh, record me because i get too intense during games and i look like uh uh, just a crazy sports fanatic Uh, that's where we kind of got this name so yeah it all started, so looking forward to it. Um, try and get some new topics on here. Um, keep it mostly Lakers and some other sports. Subscribe, and like, on everything. like, review. We'd love you guys. Thanks Thank for you. listening. Bye. Bye.